The Right Streak Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process. BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky. LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. And Stateside Vodka. Get your Surfside iced tea and vodka at StatesideVodka.com. On the show today, the Sixers are star hunting again. Daryl Morey said the Sixers are keeping Doc Rivers. Danny Green looks like his Sixers career is probably over, and I can't believe we're going to do this all over again. Uh, before we get going, on Friday, Carl Landry Record Club live at World Cafe, the World Cafe Lounge, the live at World Cafe Lounge with me and Mootloo. Tickets are 15 bucks in advance, and you get two full sets of Mootloo performing music as well as the live pod. There's that. That is one. Number two, congrats to Ernie Asan. Ah, oh, shoot, man. His brother, Tommy, told me exactly how to pronounce his last name. Hold on. Now I, can, I, I don't want to get it wrong. Asan, yes. Congrats to Ernie Asan, who just graduated from USC. And I don't know if you saw it on our Instagram, but he walked down the, did you say walk down the aisle when you graduate? He had the cap and it said TTP and RTRS on it. Wow. Uh, after tearing his Achilles. So congrats to Ernie. A true sexer. Yep, for sure. And uh, once again, Stateside Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, the Surfside Vodka and Ice Tea, only 100 calories, only three carbs, and just the right amount of sweetness. Also zero bubbles because Ice Tea does not have carbonation in it. What were you saying? Did you say something? Oh, no, nothing. I didn't say a single... Yeah. Word. Okay. All right. Just listening to the ads, thinking about how I did a worse job when I read them. <laughs> I, well, I actually screwed up the stateside one pretty badly last time. Uh, so thank you to Clement who gave me the the uh, the stateside the surfside vodka tea. You know, very short version of it, so I don't screw it up. You can get that at statesidevodka.com, and it is just fucking awesome. We love the surfside vodka tea. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who just won the lottery, the lottery of love. Oh, my voice cracked on love. That is Mike Levin. What's up, man? Uh, Here we are again. I always feel whenever I get like too emotional or like emphatic about anything and like heartbroken about this stupid team, like... I wake up the next morning being like, what the fuck did I say on this stupid podcast? 
Why did I take this so goddamn seriously? You were intense. I was upset. I was upset. <laughs> I think you and started with felt, like, and then I felt fuck everybody or something. Yeah. Well, that I, I believe in that, but right, it's right, more right. the feeling behind it of like, why does this right. loser care this much? Yep. Uh, so that's how I felt going forward. And it's good. It's been good to have a f- couple, like almost a week, you know, four or five days, whatever off from this and being like, okay, this is fine. Mm. It's not that important. Mm. The Sixers have always been trying to kill us and we've never let them mm-hmm. like, that's fine. That's okay. Did you have any, this is the first time since, when was the last time we had a lottery party three years ago, whatever it was, the one with Choo Choo Maduabom. Tonight was the first lottery that I watched it and I was like, oh, I kind of missed this, this part of it. Like I missed the lottery. The lottery was fun. It was so, so out of your control and so fast. And, and we knew when all the beats were, it was just, it was a, a fun moment. I missed the lottery a little bit watching it tonight. Yeah. It was a, it was a nice era of only winning that one time. Mm-hmm. And that one time did we even win, but the picks did swap and that's all that matters and nothing else have to, has to be thought about or remembered after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was always, it's a, it's a wild and incredibly stupid and very specific <laughs> uh, sports experience. Yeah. And we obviously have to shout out Sean O'Connor, who we yep. love, who is our partner in uh, coming up with the idea for the lottery party and, uh, you know, the hanky banner, all, the, all that good stuff. So maybe, 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 Maybe we're back in there one time soon. Who knows? <laughs> Sooner Who than we think. Knows. Yeah, Sean was was tweeting about it, and I went to find the original email because the original email was an introduction from you to from Sean, like you introducing Sean to me, and you're like, "Hey, Sean has this idea. Why don't you do something with it?" And then and that's when it started. So it was Sean's idea. I uh, I certainly I certainly ripped it from his his cold. Uh, it's called Dead Hands and uh, and took credit, but it was definitely Sean O'Connor's idea. You know, you were mentioning having the time away from the game gave you some perspective and you cooled off a little bit. I was so expecting to lose game six. I did not feel that same sort of ire right afterwards. I think I, think I went in an opposite way in when I saw the report on Twitter and we'll get to the, we're going to talk about the post, the post season press conferences and, and all that kind of stuff. And we, we will get into this more in depth. I, I think just the idea of it, the particular wind horse report, when I saw the wind horse report that Daryl Morey is definitely gunning for a third star in the off season. I just honestly had this pit in my stomach and I was like, I just, can we just get Jay Crowder? I mean, like, like I was just like, I can't go through an entire off season of this again. This just the hemming and hawing and the stars and the, I just, I, I had a moment where I felt honestly a bit of relief when the season ended, I think just from a, an exhaustion standpoint. But then I saw that quote and I was like, oh my God, we're, we're really going to do this again. A whole summer of, are they going to land the third star when we, the, the fucking, the, we're mad at the second star. The second star's not even a star. What are we doing here? I just, it hit me when I saw that quote. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very uncertain time in a different way than the post-bubble off-season was. Post-bubble mm-hmm. off-season felt a little bit like, well, <coughs> this era, so in some way this era is over. 
and it ended with Brett getting fired and then Dar- and Doc and Daryl coming in out of order. Yeah. Um, and then last year was obviously heartbreaking and hideous, um, but it felt more targeted to Ben specifically than it did like the team as a whole or... Yep. It was a failure of Doc him. or Daryl did that much, although although Doc definitely got wrapped up in it. But it, it really felt more like a Ben thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that offseason was just so until and most of this season was um so rife with just like what's gonna happen with Ben. And it was that was like the one question you really couldn't get past that question to answer any other questions or think about the team really in any other way. Um so at least that's gone. And now the question it's a little bit more complicated in the sense of like well a number of things could happen yep harden could opt in and they just have him for for one more year on this big ass contract mm-hmm. he could opt in and then they could like sign him to something past that mm-hmm. um they could he could opt out and they could give him some contract that's sort of like a meet in the middle type thing where it's like you know three or four years and if it's if it's max money i i don't that I don't understand much at all, but um, something in the like 30, 35, whatever million something um, and have, and have it as a hedge where it's also like pretty tradable and stuff if you need to down the, down the line or they can just let them walk and go, you know, we're not going to, you know, they don't mean they can't meet in the middle. Harden still thinks he's worth that. And then he goes on the open market or ends up being some sort of sign and trade type of thing. Um, and everything else is pretty clear to me whether or not Tobias gets into some sort of trade for a, for a better fitting star or what. Um, I really don't think Maxi should be involved in almost any trade whatsoever. Um, and then it's just like, let some guys go who aren't physical or athletic enough or too slow or can't put the ball on the ground, whatever, anything and get guys who can't like, it's just, that's sort of the simple shit of it. Um, the Sixers weaknesses in the playoffs and in the regular season were like wildly clear. And if they don't do anything to address that third star or not, if they don't do anything to address that, then like they're hopeless. Um, and, and all the comments from the exit interviews and everything were indicative of that. Everybody not really pointing fingers, but sort of like gesturing around everybody and going like, we, they collectively don't have enough heart or toughness. And so like, go get those guys who are more athletic and play more physical. And you're guys that are playing in this conference finals game right now that is on behind my computer in this Boston Miami game. So it's, uh, even though there's a lot of options, it also is like pretty clear what has to happen outside of the top, the main option. Yeah, except that the main option, yeah, I, I, whatever. We'll we'll get to it in a moment. So I'm trying to. What do we start with? Do we start with the start with the in? Do we do it chronologically and start with the? I guess the comments after the the game and then the the year end press conference because I sure. Yeah, why don't we start with that and then we'll get to the wind horse thing. So, you know, I thought, I think the highlights from the postseason presser, or let's actually start with the post game. Post game, it's not the end of the world, but like, I wasn't super 
jazzed with Joel complaining about, I don't know why Jimmy's not here. Like, to me, it sounds like loser shit. It doesn't sound like leader shit. If you want to be the best player on the team, don't whine about a guy that hasn't been here in three years who just kicked your ass. Um, and then I thought the other thing that stood out after the game was uh, obviously Tobias Harris talking about mental toughness, which was obvious, but I mean, really sort of shocking when you see someone on the, the team say it. And yeah. I think I saw the comments from Yang and I don't know if they were from after the game, but I think they were from the closing, uh, from the exit interviews when he was like, well, I wouldn't say we quit, but I was like, well, <laughs> that kind of, yeah, that's kind of saying that you quit. So first with the Joel stuff, I, I think he's honest to a think, fault sometimes, I do but think I wish like, he wasn't. Sorry, the just the Yang thing. I do yeah. think the, it, yes, they quit in the game visibly, and a lot of that was on Harden. Um, but also the way they were constructed was a team of guys who don't play physical. Who, aside from really Embiid and like B-ball Paul, who don't play physical, who don't like go get loose balls, who don't get offensive rebounds, who don't like absorb contact and like give it right back, like. Think about Ben obviously was like that on the defensive end, but offensively he would always like shy away from contact, fade away from the rim. Tobias never draws contact, fades away from the rim. Maxie's still learning how to do that. He's a kid. All the bench players, aside from B-Ball Paul, are guys that are just like kind of fading away or like shying away from stuff and not really getting in there and not moving guys out of the way all the time. And it was just like none of them are athletic. It's they were they were built to be the kind of team that would quit, I think is what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the born quitters. Yeah. Born quitters. And what was anything on, I, I'm sure you don't care, but anything on a bead, Bede's comment about Jimmy? Um, no, I, I don't disagree with you that it's a little bit weird, but I, I do also think he's just like reflecting on the thing that happened. And he's like, man, I wish we had him on our team and he's gone. And the things that this team struggles with is are things that Jimmy is excellent at. Um, and Jimmy also said similar things about Embiid after the game saying like, I love him and I wish we were still playing together. So it's clearly they're just like close. So it didn't bother me too much. I, I also don't disagree that there's a, 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 some aura of losership talking about this guy that was gone. But I mean, Jimmy's an incredible player and he just totally destroyed the Sixers and, um, he's gotten better since he's been here. Yep. Um, he's really, really, really very good. Even though he is another guy that like is reluctant to shoot, um, him and Embiid would have been a, a great pairing for a long time. And it's a, it's the fault of several regimes mushed into one that, that, uh, didn't happen. They chose wrong repeatedly. More comments right after we tell you about Briggs Auction. You know, one player we're going to talk about later is Tyrese Maxey. We're always, I bought a bunch of Tyrese Maxey rookie cards to give away with our bi-weekly Briggs Auction giveaway. Go to briggsauction.com slash Ricky to register. We have Ricky t-shirts, Maxey rookie cards, briggsauction.com slash Ricky. Briggs Auction is in Delco, four generations, family owned and operated auction house in Garnet Valley. What do they auction? Fucking everything. Check it out. There's actually, the next auction is next week, a discovery at Briggs Auction. We're talking about collectibles. You've seen baseball cards, books, you know, all that sort of stuff up on Briggs Auction. Furniture, classic furniture, um, antiques, 
all that kind of stuff, jewelry, silver, thousand lots with every single auction that happens at Briggs Auction. BriggsAuction.com, check out the auctions. Again, there's a new one next week. It's every other week or so, but this spring has been more uh, more frequent than that. Fine estate auctions. And you know, I mentioned furniture. Well, you go to a furniture store now because of supply chain issues, you're not getting that furniture for six months. You get it at Briggs Auction. You get it as soon as the auction ends. You can go pick it up on Saturdays or by appointment, or they'll even find a shipper for you to get you get it to you wherever you are. They've even got their own app. Get in there and bid. I bid all the time. I fucking get beat out all the time, but I'm going to get something cool that my wife isn't going to be happy with. The Briggs Auction app on Android and iOS. Um, and if you have an estate you want to get rid of, if you want to downsize, Info at BriggsAuction.com. Let them take care of it for you. They are the auction experts. Once again, BriggsAuction.com slash Ricky. Okay. Um, here we go. Uh, this is from Doc. I agree our goals haven't changed at all. You know, I took this job because I believe that we can turn the organization and change the culture in this organization. I just like... Hearing Doc, the Mr. Lack of Accountability, talking about change the culture, like he actually sets the culture of no. a lack I mean, of accountability, you know? Every, like he, everything, everything the ultimate Doc culture is just bullshit. Yeah. Just like him saying, like, nobody believed in us when we got here. That one was great. Nobody expected like, anything of us. No one expected anything. And we were, that's where we were. And it's just like, well, they won a couple first round series before and now you've also done the same thing now so you haven't gone you keep him in neutral like it's not all his fault but like don't don't just like objectively lie it's just very <laughs> bizarre um yeah. i have been thinking about this is not just a doc thing but i have been thinking about like do you know who <laughs> the team the sixers have won of this process era sixers have won four first round series Okay. And obviously no second round series. Yeah. The four first round series they won are as follows. The Hassan Whiteside, Dion Waiters, Justice Winslow, Miami Heat team. Yep. The D'Angelo Russell, Brooklyn Nets team that Correct. eventually got traded, most of them in the Durant sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. Um, or sorry, Kyrie, not yep. Durant. The Wizards. Um, the Wizards with... Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Barely a playoff team. But. And then the Raptors this season. And it's pretty clear that the Raptors were the best team that they've beaten. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a sobering list. Yeah. Of maybe you could make the case that the Raptors are a little bit better, but very Raptors, by the way, missing teams. missing their arguably their best player, the Raptors, or a, a hurt best player in Van Vliet for yeah. a lot of the series. So, like that is a really a sobering list of mediocre teams. That um, is all that the Sixers have to show for it. And I think too, obviously way too often people want to turn that back into like a process argument, which is insane because. Hinky got run out of town, whatever, six or seven years ago. Um, and there's been many bad decisions made since then. But as far as like Joel Embiid goes, and it's not all his fault, but as far as it goes, like that's not, that's not enough. It like isn't. 
you don't get to hang a banner for almost beating the Raptors, if not for the Kawhi shot. Like you don't get to f- feel really good about anything. Like the Sixers, there's a lot of reasons why things haven't worked out and beat injuries, randomness, plenty of shit. But like you look back and and they've been a on the cusp of contending in the contending, you know, top eight, let's say, for the last, which is like say the, the top 20% of the league. They've been in the top 20% of the league for the last four or five years since Joel's first full season. And they've beaten those teams. They haven't beaten. And, and by the way, when we're making arguments for Embiid as, you know, best player, second best player, yada, 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 and you see Giannis going out in a playoff series and averaging like 42, 17, and eight, like, it hurts your argument for Embiid, right? Like, no, for sure. You know, I think he's uh, the fact that he like com- anchors a defense in a way that Giannis doesn't. Giannis is just a different, different kind of defensive player. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like at a certain point, if if Embiid, I, I feel like I've said this a bunch of times, but like if Embiid is as good as we think he is, he's just got to go out there, and it doesn't really matter who his teammates are at a certain point, and like win some games. Daryl has to make it easier on him in a way that he didn't this season. Um, Doc should be better or not here. Um, but like, that's a, that's a, that's a bad list. That's a really, really bad list that no one can feel good about. And the only person that's been here as long as Joel is like ownership. Um, so it's not, I'm sure Doc's not taking any, uh, accountability as you said for for anything like this and daryl can be like yeah we you know this was fucked up before i got here blah, blah, blah. everybody does it but like at a certain point we just got to be like this franchise as a whole needs to start winning some fucking playoff series and uh what, whatever it takes to get there like go fucking do it because this is kind of uh pathetic all right more quotes all right we'll get to more in a second but i think the most important quote to come out of exit interviews Per Derek Bodner, this is Paul Reed. Paul Reed wants to add, quote, 10 to 15 inches to his vertical over the summer. If you see me next year jumping out of the gym, you know why. His vertical currently, quote, embarrassing. So he's going to add. He's the best, man. He's absolutely the best. 10 to 15 inches. I love him. Just the best. Honestly, if if they, I like a number of players in the team still, but like if if everybody on the team was gone except for Embiid, Maxi, and B-Ball Paul, I'd feel like pretty good. Yeah. I'd feel pretty good. Maury, this is unhardened. A full offseason, a full training camp, a full time where everyone can learn to unlock how good everyone can be together. That group, Joel, James, Tobias, Maxi, that group played very well together. We can play even better. You know, my reaction to this is I've had four years of our starting lineup outscored other starting lineups by XX. I just, I don't want to fucking hear it again. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't care. I, I saw it with my own fucking eyes. I don't care what the stats say. We did it with the Horford lineup, with the Butler, every fucking lineup, out, our starters outscore the other team. I just, it's enough. It doesn't, it doesn't equate to the playoffs. However, we're doing it is, you know. yeah, I'm trying to remember when was the last time the Sixers had a good bench or the Phillies had a good bullpen? 
and it's been a, a very long time for both. I guess you could say 08 for the Phils, but like, man, pretty bleak. Um, year after year after year, um, they just have to figure some stuff out. Like they just have to figure some stuff out. Are you watching guys, John and Colleen's dogs or? Uh, no, different dog. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Very yeah. sound like small dogs. Uh, puppy, but not small. Okay. Uh, um, but yeah, definitely yelping in her crate right now. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they just gotta, we talked about this last time and like, it's understandable how like every team can't just, you know, you can't expect every team to hit on every pick and get on undrafted free agents and, and like this guy having a career year out of nowhere type things. But like when you have this much money committed to who, who the Sixers are going to have it committed to and eventually going to have to pay Tyrese Maxey a bunch of money because you can't trade him. Like they just have to hit on some things. They just have to. And they just, it, it is, requires it and not only this year not only did they not hit on that but they wasted roster spots wasted roster spots that that's actually something i I wanted to mention because we were talking about the heat last time talking about you know max struess and duncan robinson and gabe vincent and yada 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 but one thing you can say about the heat and you can say a lot of things about the heat but one thing that you can say is that coaching and front office same page same page, right? So if they go and sign someone, there is not a fight. I can guarantee you, I'm sure they debate it, but um, there's not a fight between er- er- Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra about what kind of a chance they're going to give a player. There's there's not. There, there's no way there is. And in a winning organization that is a productive relationship, I don't care what they say in these press conferences, there's, that productive relationship does not is is not here, right? Because you don't acquire these players without the idea that you're going to try to play them, right? I mean, you wouldn't think so. And historically, Maury has has churned through fucking, you know, 10-day guys and unsigned guys and keep churning and churning and churning. That's how you wind up with Daniel House, right? Yeah. So Daniel House, who, by the way, I've like was available this year. Right. And like Daryl is one of the guys who discovered him, although he's a fine player at AM. Like there, there needs to be guys need, no one has ever, I'm trying to think like it's, it's, it's Ilyasova and Bellinelli again, like of the, of, of the guys who like decided to come here, not traded for you, like George Hill had to be traded for like guys who just decide like, Oh, I'll, I'll sign up for that. And whatever that is about the Sixers or Embiid or doc or whoever, like it's on Daryl and doc to like, change that reputation so that they can get guys like a fucking Wes Matthews, who was a very helpful player in the playoffs. And like the, the roster spots wasted, like DeAndre Jordan, Paul Millsap, obviously two wasted roster spots. Uh, I would, I would say Isaiah Joe was a wasted roster spot because doc was never going to play him. And right. so if he's not going to play him, then like trade him at the deadline, trade him before then find a way to move on or just cut him and go like, he's not going to be enough. We're going to try to find somebody else. Let's get somebody in the Euro league or something that can do something. And then Charlie Brown jr. Was a, was a very solid toy player. Miles Powell never got there. And so it's like, why are we not should have turned through miles power Powell quicker. And it's just like, there's, you can't have this many guys just hopeless. And we looked at the, every, every time the bench was playing badly, it's like, okay, who's there? Anybody? And it's like, it's 17 centers and Isaiah Joe, who's like 101 pounds. And it's like, 
you got to give him more options. You got to try to do it. And I think Doc, Doc is to blame for a lot of it, but Daryl just like, it seemed like a little bit fell asleep at the wheel after before and after the Harden trade, because that was like the whole thing all season long was finding a way to get Harden uh, for Ben. And, and I, I don't, I don't care about Seth Curry and Andrew Drummond. I don't think they would have made a difference almost at all in the playoffs. And certainly in the second round series with Embiid hurt, they're not, they don't win this. They don't win the Miami series. If they have Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, they don't, but other guys could have helped that could do the things that the Sixers are bad at. And we're bad at all season long. And, uh, it's an organizational failure that they didn't do it. And they have to do it this off season. Like they have to. Daryl Morey answered very quickly whether Doc Rivers would <coughs> be back next season. He said, yes. He also said, I just think he's a great coach and I love working with him. I think Elton and I and him make a great team and we're going to see where, where this journey takes us. I, I said almost immediately, I forget, I think it was on with Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. I was, as soon as he said this, I did not, what's he going to say? Of course, he's going to say he's going to be back. I do not think Doc's going to be back. I think it is complicated with him not being back because I don't think they're just going to fire him. I, I think there's like a sort of a respect thing there. I, I don't think like a, a trade situation. Well, or like, yeah, I, I think on one on one side, they don't want to make it look bad and embarrass him. On the other side, I think Maury at a deficiency of assets is looking at it like, hey, if we act like we're happy and somebody actually wants him, to your point, a trade situation, I can get something out of this. I think for I think if you were to ask everyone in this situation, ownership, Maury, Rivers, and put them at a lie detector test and say, do you want this to be back next year? All three of them would say no. But I, I do think that they they need a landing spot for Rivers. So I hope. The Lakers want to hire him. We got to get Elton on a mic. That guy, when Elton was he talks. GM, yep, uh, he was just saying whatever the hell he wanted. <laughs> and if somebody lets Elton talk on a live mic, I feel like he would tell us some some honest truths. <laughs> yeah, that uh, might end up, might upend some things, but maybe those things need to be upended anyway. So. Yep. Yep. I would love, love to get Elton back. I don't think Elton doesn't talk very much anymore. Um, I would love to get him back. The uh, NBA playoffs going on now without us, you can still bet it on DraftKings Sportsbook. We, we don't have to do our same game parlays anymore because they were, they might've been, they might've been bad luck. I'm looking at the, uh, the futures. Here we go. Uh, Warriors favorite Title plus 140, Celtics at plus 200, the Heat at plus 425, and the Mavericks at plus 600 right now. And then for 22-23, here we go, next year's, I'll, could you hazard a guess as to who the favorite to win the title is right now at DraftKings Sportsbook? Hmm. Uh, I'll give you three guesses. I feel like Milwaukee might be it, or they're at least in the top three. They are one, two, three, fifth plus seven hundred. Really interesting. Yeah. Um, now I will say that the the favorite is not a it's not like a very short favorite. You know, the favorite is plus five hundred. So okay, my my thoughts are like the Clippers Clippers will be in there. They are plus six hundred at third. The Nets might be in there. The Nets are the favorite at plus five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> the Sixers are plus 1,400, which I think they opened up last year. Uh, if you are new to DraftKings Sportsbook, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, and you bet five bucks on any team to win, 
you get 150 bucks in free bets if they do. That's all you do. And if you want to do a same game parlay, you don't need us to come up with it for you. You can do it if you want. Just add leg after leg after leg after leg. You watch the odds get longer. All customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to 25 bucks if one leg doesn't hit. We love DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their app now. Use promo code RTRS. Promo code RTRS. Bet five bucks on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code RTRS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, Daryl Morey on whether he expects James Harden to be back on the Sixers. The plan is to have him back, per Godner, by the way. The plan is to have him back. That has been the plan since the trade. Obviously, we have to work with his representation, and that'll be between us to figure out how that works. Um, I know you're not a prediction guy because this isn't the radio. If you were to guess, put a percentage on Harden opting in, Harden longer-term contract, and Harden not on the Sixers in one way or another. What are your percentages? I'm a little bit worried they give him a long-term contract. Oh, I'm like a little a, bit worried. Like a like a three years, hundred million, or a five years, two fifty something. Oh, oh my God! You're scared of the bad one. I'm scared of it. I mean, it's just like I want to believe so much that it's a hamstring thing. I really want to believe it. I would love to believe that. What a, what a nice world it would be if I believe that James Harden is just one offseason of hamstring maintenance away from being the guy who basically won MVP. Or even more re- realistically, somewhere between the guy at the beginning of last season and the guy that he is now. Like, not a top 10 player anymore, but like a top 24. Clarity. Fine. Yeah. I would give that guy three years, a hundred and you know, 10 million or something like That's that. That's the, if he's the, that the Lowry contract. Three yes. years, three years, hundred million. Something. Absolutely. Um, but that's a, that's a tough if to get behind. Yeah. For a guy that does not try that much. No. Like when he's not doing well, he's not trying that much. He checked right the fuck out of that game, man. Yeah. He checked right out. And I could understand you might say to yourself, hey, look, here's a guy who realized his body wasn't what it was and didn't know what to do. But I just don't have faith in in like him figuring this out. You know, I don't I don't I don't have faith in his body at all. Zero. It's yeah. not coming back. <sighs> I don't know, man. So you're I would I think the my ideal situation, mm-hmm. because if there's a sign and trade type thing. I think he's obviously not like you're, this isn't a time where Daryl will be trading him at the height of his value. You know, it's not close to that. I would love a, I would love an opt in one year opt in, kick the can a little bit. If there needs to be a trade during the season or something, you can do that. Um, If he looks way better, markedly better his handle is better his hamstring he's getting burst off of that whatever then maybe during the season you explore a uh like an in good faith type negotiation for a longer term deal fine but i i would be really very scared of of anything long term and before i all season long i was once after they got hardened i was like basically manifesting the idea that like (laughs) 
he's not trying that hard. Yeah. He doesn't look as much for us because he's saving it for the playoffs. He didn't yeah. save it for the playoffs. He saved it nope. for one game of the playoffs. But aside from that game, it wasn't, it just wasn't it. He's still um, saving it. He's, he's still saving it for, he's saving it for many years from now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I would love to get a, a real honest truth serum Daryl of like what he thought Harden would be when he traded for him. How much he thought during the season of like, as he was as he was targeting Harden as his guy. Once it became clear that Dame was off the books and or off the table, and and Beal was off the table, was Daryl ever really thinking like, he doesn't look good? <laughs> am I fucking up here? Like, am I am I going all in on the wrong guy? He was there him like afterwards. a sentimental reason of Daryl doing it because he was his guy before. Um, is there a lot of pride involved in that? I think at least some that, that he didn't get to win one in Houston and he brought him here. Um, he texts him after the game, LOL. Ha ha ha. Guess, guess you're saving it up for next time. Feeling good though. Question mark. A lot of like thirsty texts, (laughs) but I I would, and and what's he feeling now? Like, what does Daryl want? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I, uh, I think maybe the having one more year, even at big money and not adding future years to the books um, of just an opt-in, no one's going to give him more money than that. So I hope if he just decides, all right, I'll opt in and then other people will have more cap space and then we can do a sign and trade if the Sixers don't want me, but I'm going to like prove that I'm not this guy. He has to prove that he's not this guy for the rest of his career. Like he has to show more than he, than he had been showing. Daryl must be trying, Daryl must be doing the thing where your favorite band puts out an album and you bring it home and you're excited. I know people don't do this with albums anymore, but try to, you know, roll with me here. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to the album and in your gut, you know, you're like, fuck, this isn't that good. Yeah. But you listen to it over and over again, trying to convince yourself that it's good because it's your favorite album. Yeah. Like, I found I just, a harmony. Yeah, and it's and it's Harden shoving the ball in people's throats at, on, <laughs> on drives, and that actually works pretty good. Um, and you can hang your, you can say like, oh, the defense in some games was really good, and then other times it was just not. It just wasn't. It wasn't. He really wasn't good enough. He wasn't nearly good enough to be the guy that they traded for. He wasn't. No. Um, so I I wonder what the next few years is. If 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 it's a three years. $105 million deal for Harden if it gets announced right now. How do you feel about that? Can I be honest? I You don't you just don't want him at all. I, I would rather any team they put around Embiid mm-hmm. is going to win 46 games. 48 games, at least, right? A healthy a healthy Embiid, Embiid wins at least in the high 40s, yeah. Right. I would if you sign a trade, sign a trade, or just let them go, find a way to get off Tobias and just fucking try to reset the roster this year. I just like, I feel like like layering another fucking fake star on top of Harden with this Embiid thing is just like this shit show. They just need a little bit of a breather, like or a little bit of a step back. Um, I, don't well, want talk, them, I don't want them on the, the team. I don't here's want the them. interesting thing. Because I, I agree 
I think people are sometimes too quick to move on from something that didn't work one time. And based on yeah. something that we were talked about last time, you look at Miami, you look at Boston. These sure. are two teams with a ton of continuity on their rosters yep. from year to year. Boston, many, many years mm-hmm. of, of the same core in place that has been through these you know, game sevens together, a ton of years together. Um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum sneakily played a ton of playoff games, um, even though they've never been past, they've never been to the, been to the finals. Um, if part of the Jimmy thing was like leave, kind of abandoning it before it was too, obviously it wasn't because of the on-court stuff so much, but abandoning something before it was over, before it was like really played out. I mean, like I look at Utah and go like, yeah, they should, they should move on for Utah. But the Sixers... They shouldn't have moved on from Jim, Jimmy, and they. I, I don't. I don't know that even if there's a twenty percent chance that Harden's hamstring is the reason why he didn't look good, and next year he goes back looking like the other person. There's a twenty percent chance that happens. One in five. It might be worth seeing playing that out if there's not something better around the corner you can't just waste another Embiid was an MVP set runner up two years in a row if they let him walk they can't really replace him with anything yeah so I'm I'm th- this it's year was spot. like this it's year was already spot. the kind of take a step back year we already did it kind of because of <laughs> because of the situation that Ben put them in yeah but they and didn't so it do was it. like okay well we just gotta like play out the string and make and, and Embiid kept him afloat and Maxi's improvement kept him afloat and Doc did a fine enough job in the regular season, which he almost always does, um, to to make them like hovering around there so that Harden would want to come here and be like, okay, I'm the missing piece, whatever. If they do another step back here, like that's to your point that you made the other day, like that's another year and Bede looks around and goes like, what? Yeah. What are we doing? So I wouldn't hate a... Maybe you do like a Harden's making like forty-seven point whatever million. Maybe you do it like a two-year, forty million each, like a two-eighty type thing, where you're like, okay, we're paying them less now. We get them one more year, meet in the middle, that kind of thing. We get two years of this. I can't. We see if we can build around it. I can't. <laughs> Maxi gets to keep improving, that kind of deal. And I also don't know, like everyone keeps saying, trade Tobias. Tobias was very helpful. He's making too much money, of course. Fucking whatever. But like the, the guy that Tobias became at the end of this year was really helpful. And if you're having to put additional things on top of Tobias to get him out of here. Well, that's the question. It's it to me, it's not that <coughs> worth it unless you're getting somebody really, really good. You know? Well, well, that's the we'll get to that in one second. Yeah. Because I think that's connected to the wind horse thing, which we'll get to right after LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Now, we have been around, this will be our 10th season, LL, in some fashion. Man, I've been coughing this whole time. Talk about LL for a second. Oh, LL, man. Well, I feel like I could have used a nice big hug from that yeah. double-breasted man Yeah. after the Sixers loss. He's got a nice, warm, warm embrace. <laughs> Soak you in his cologne. Yeah. <laughs> Good smelling man. Great smelling. Great smelling man. Great smelling man. You can't. You can't. You don't want a jeweler who smells bad. No, of course not. Imagine it. You can't. 
LL Pavorsky Jewelers, the first sponsor of the Ricky, over 260 rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners have purchased engagement rings from LL Pavorsky Jeweler. Also, we were talking about the lottery earlier, just participated as a sponsor as much as a sponsor could participate. The TTP diamond ring, the engagement at the Ricky to people that never got married, and then the wedding which uh, those two people are still married, happened four years ago. So congratulations to them. LL participated in all of them. A stunning, a stunningly great guy, a low pressure, high quality jewelry store that is gonna take care of you when you need your engagement ring for your special someone. 707 Walnut in Philly, been there over 30 years, 215-627-2252 to make an appointment. You don't want to make a phone call. That's fine. I know you're one of those kids. That generation doesn't want to make a phone call. Send them an email. What? You don't send emails either. Lee at LLPavorsky.com or tweet at him at LLPavorsky and check out his TikTok. LLPavorsky rings with three Z's. No. I see CJ laughing and Mike nothing. You can see CJ? I can see CJ. You can't see him? No. Oh, I see him faded in the bottom. Oh, you don't see him? That's how you can tell CJ from being funny. I've never been able to see CJ. He pops out. I, I'm like oh. a friggin' plebeian, like the people watching. <laughs> I get no CJ until he pops up and shows me he's like wearing a tank top for some reason. <laughs> LL supports our charities, coded by kids in the Province Animal Center. By the way, a shout out to the Province Animal Center. I went to their Gimme Shelter Gala on Friday. It was lovely. Great to see uh, the Province Animal Center folks. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. We'll always pick up his option. All right. Let's go to the our, our favorite insider reporter here at the Ricky, Brian the Whisperer. Don't aggregate, uh, Windhorst. The deal zone. The deal zone was on. Oh, right, I forgot about the deal zone. Yeah, <laughs> was on some show. Is this this isn't this isn't first take? Right? Is this Mike and there's no Mike and Mike anymore? I forget what show this is, but he was he was on one of them, and here it is between Doc Rivers and James Harden. Either, neither, or both back next season. Just give me an educated guess based upon what you're hearing. It's kind of making a lot of faces. I think Harden will be back. It'll just be a matter of negotiating the contract and making sure that it, it, it it makes sense for the Sixers to improve. Because I promise you, that Daryl Morey has big giant plans to acquire another star. Whether he's going to execute it, I don't know. But part of getting that done is going to require Harden to take some sort of pay cut. And I think the Sixers would be comfortable with Doc Rivers returning. But I don't think it's as open and shut as Daryl wanted to present it, you know, 12 hours after they had this disheartening uh, departure. You know, he... I think was taking a negotiating position with the Los Angeles Lakers coming out and saying, Oh yes, absolutely. 100% doc is back. That's not a reasonable decision to come to after that. You need to evaluate things and discuss things before coming to that. So it would not surprise me at all. If, if Harden is the point guard and doc is the coach when they open the season next year, but I'm not ready to say that doc for sure is going to be in that role. Who is a star that they could get? And I don't mean now just for the Sixers, but who are, as we've got four teams left, right? So we've got three series left. We have the East Final, the West Final, and the NBA Final. Then we have the draft, and then we have what is frequently the most exciting time of the entire NBA year, <laughs> which is the free agency period. What, what are the names that we're going to be talking heavily about when we get to that time, Wendy? 
Well, you're, you're, you're doing a very good job of asking me a question that, was gonna, that would potentially create news if I give you the honest answer. Oh so I'm going to stop just short of that. <laughs> I didn't Philly has dreams and plans, as Daryl Morey does. And, you know, a key factor here is, is that they have Tobias Harris, who would have value in a possible trade. And they have Tyrese Maxey, who would have value in a possible trade. Um, and you would need a player, potentially near the end of his contract, to come and say, I would like to go play in Philadelphia. Is that something that could happen? Maybe. We'll see. I know that Philly is, is you know, and Daryl are going to try to make it happen. Um, a lot more will be clear about the market uh, after the draft lottery tomorrow night. There's some teams that, depending on where they move in the draft lottery or don't move, could be open to deals that may, they may not today. So really, uh, you will get a better feel for what could happen uh, in and around the draft after we get that settled tomorrow. Who is he talking about? I mean, wait, so, so right. if you're going to be willing. Oh, there you go. He doesn't so want to make reporter on ESPN doesn't want to make news by saying <laughs> the names of the players. Yeah. The worst thing that I could do in my job is make news <laughs> with the stuff I'm reporting. God forbid. <laughs> oh, what a tiresome guy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'll always appreciate him for the deal zone. But, uh, oh. So th this brings up the the real question in that, or the real thought in that really for them to get rid of Tobias, Tobias Harris, that one of the options is he's basically salary and Maxi is the carrot. Can't do it. Not for Beal. No. For Paul George? I'm not uh, saying he would do it. But yeah, just, I don't think they would do it. But still, I... <sighs> Can you imagine Paul George in Philly? Oh, my God. James Harden, it, well, Paul George and Doc are not going to be. Oh, right. Well, Doc's not going to be. The, look at Brad Beal's statistics last season. And there's a chance that it was a one-season thing. Mm -hmm. But he was bad. Really bad. Like a, a, a real big step down. And maybe it was the wrist and that's was just nagging him or whatever it was, whatever. But like, we just traded for a guy who had a step down season and then he continued to be not the guy that we thought he was here. So Tyrese Maxey is going to be a max contract guy. He's going to be good for at least the next nine, 10 years. And there's a pretty good chance. He's never as good as Brad Beal, but like he's making almost nothing right now. And even when he gets maxed out, is going to be making so much less than those guys. Like having a really, really good player this early in his career is so valuable. And to just trade him to like get off a of Tobias and like, what if uh, what Maxi and Tobias I, for Brad Beal? Like that's you're losing two good players for one good player who might not be that good for that long anymore. What if? I'm, let's forget it's Brad Beal for a second. Okay. Let, let's say right now, as constituted and whatever Daryl Morey is able to do, the Sixers have a 4% chance of winning the title next year. Let's say for next year and next year alone, the maxi trade raises it to 11%. Like, like is that something that they have to do? I mean, I don't know. I don't... Really, I, I know I'm just throwing numbers at you, but I know, I'm, it's kind of hard to say it one way or the other, but yeah, um, it would, it would take a lot for me to trade Tyrese Maxey for anything. Like, let's say he's not available, 
but let's like I'm just trying to get level. Like let's say a a total copy of Jimmy Butler was available. I mean, Jimmy Butler's kind of old. Like yeah, he, he's that's not what I'm saying. Be doing this, this is for a, that long. I think the, the guys you're looking for are going to be, you know, Brad Beal is going to be 29. He's like three and a half years younger than Harden. Um, you hope, like, I just think between Tobias and Maxi, that, that shreds even more of your depth mm-hmm. in a way that like the t- team needs some of that. And so then, you know, I've seen reports of the six, if they, if they do do a Tobias thing, then it becomes like, a, okay, there's an exception here. You can you know, k- take things into that, into that space or whatever, if it's Brad or whatever, but we're not cap experts here. I stopped trying to be that guy when I stopped at Liberty Ballers and I was never great at it, but now I'm like, somebody else will figure it out. We got Sixers Adam running around here. He's got, yeah. um, send us the MLEs and the BAEs. Yeah. We, well, I'll read it. It'll be fine. It's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's my second, this is a, this is a, this is a second job. What am I doing? I'm not, yeah. I'm not memorizing the CBA. Come on, get over here. I'm a comedy writer. That's <laughs> enough's enough. Um, but I just, I just, <laughs> I'm a comedy writer. Yeah, like, enough's you, enough. Math, fucking math, spreadsheets and shit. The Maxi's just really good, and like to trade him, even even as good as a theoretical like Harden, Beal, Embiid threesome would be, and you just get like exclusively guys who defend and hustle their fucking ass off and run a like a four three forty and punch you like a Mack truck. Like uh, you want to get those guys mo- clone PJ Tuckers, whatever you could do that and that'd be fine. But like that again gives you such limited time. And we are just trying to build some level of continuity here with Embiid. So many guys have come in, in and out of this, of the system and just like not been able to like grow and flourish together and Embiid and Maxi being like a one five combo for, seven years sounds really nice. It just sounds nice to like get to, get to know these guys more. I think it was in Bodner's piece where it's like it Harden and Embiid didn't have enough time to like develop that level of like telekinesis between the two of them where they basically know where they're all, always going to be. And it'd be nice for Maxi and Embiid to be a pair of teammates that can do that and can figure it out and know where each other's going to be and, and have nonverbal cues that they can just work and, and, Think one step ahead of the other team, whatever. Maxi still has a long way to go, especially as a passer, but like he's improved so much in one year. I would feel really, really stupid and sad to trade a guy that you got at 21 that has improved this much year one to year two and give so much of a shit. I would just feel stupid trading for him for any guy, whether it's Dame or Brad Beal, guys that are like at the close to end of their prime. We'll see how long that is. The NBA prime at this point seems to be like 25 to 30. At this point, just the way that people play and how quickly guys coming into the league when they're like 19 years old, 20 years old. It's to trade for guys at the end of their prime when we're having a guy that in a couple years will be in it and still be way cheaper. I just I just worry about it. You trade love him for... And that's an emotional thing for me to say, for sure. You trade him for like Mitchell... Right, he's Donovan young Mitchell? enough. Yeah, like Maxi and Tobias for Donovan Mitchell. 
I'm not saying it would happen. And the Sixers, remember, don't have any, they can't really trade any picks right now. But yes, yeah, they would, the, well, we could talk about the Nets pick. It seems like the Nets are, reports are that the Nets are going to defer the Sixers pick, which makes sense uh, until next year. Yeah. On the off chance that the, that the, that the Sixers fucking suck next year. And the difference between the Sixers having the 23rd pick, the Nets getting the 23rd pick from the Sixers versus the 28th pick is not much. But the, upside of this of the nets possibly getting like a lottery pick if things if Embiid gets hurt or something is obviously very high well they can't trade the pick though they'd have to pick the player they'd have to pick the player and then trade yeah yeah sort of a i don't know if you can do it now or if you can just if they can actually happen or do it it would be it would be they pick the player and then this pick is getting traded or it'd have to be like some sort of like shady type dealing yeah uh that happened in august in the minor trade which two pods in a row with the minor trade things are going well you know when you know i'm bringing that up (laughs) um so there's there's stuff to do. I don't know. I'm. I love Donovan Mitchell coming out of college. Was a huge Donovan Mitchell guy, and Spencer Dinwiddie guy, by the way, who's been doing good lately. So I, as much as I've been very wrong about Jason Tatum, regrettably, I have those guys. I, I hang my hat on. Donovan Mitchell as a max contract guy right now. He really needs to play any level of defense, and he doesn't. Um, but he's a really obviously impressive, impressive attacker, um, and and decent shooter sometimes gray shooter sometimes very struggling but uh i don't know i love i love maxi man and it's just i like having the guy that we have i i would try not to trade him in anything i'd trade fucking matisse in a heartbeat i would trade one of b-ball paul or charles bassey in in some throwing something in there Jaden springer whatever but like you got it it would be really nice to keep tyrese maxi for his entire career yeah unfortunately He's if if there if he want if Maury wants to make a star trade, that Maxi is their only asset, their only real the biggest asset. one. Yeah, for yeah, sure. their only. Sure. But I think yes, I don't disagree. Yeah, but I, the the question is like, could you get a guy that could defend a little bit more than Maxi and also be a positive offensive player? Which is sure. with the, with Beal's not that guy. Donovan Mitchell hasn't been that guy. Although I've always had hope for him as a defender, even though he hasn't. Maybe if he takes a little bit of a backseat as a ball handler, then he would defend a little bit more. Um, but he's not that guy right now. Dame's definitely not that guy. The one who could be, and off of Windhorse's, uh, you know, we're not making any news here, but I'm going to reference something that Brian Windhorse said, sadly, mm. on television. Mm. Um, if it had to do with, there's a lot of like hypothetical, like who who is the team he's talking about, like with the lottery of who could move up or not move up. And the obvious answer is like Portland and Washington, but I wonder if Oklahoma City is one of the things. And if Shea doesn't oh, really? want to be there anymore, um, Oklahoma City landed at two in the draft. If Shea doesn't want to be there anymore, and they don't think they think maybe Josh Giddy is a better guy to build around, um, and then whatever it is, if he just doesn't, he's just pissed off from all the losing or just doesn't want to be in Oklahoma City, whatever. Shea is a guy that I do genuinely love. And might and he is a better defender than all those other guys I mentioned, and I might be more interested in. Shouldn't shouldn't he have had more of effect on them being good or no? They, he does when he played, and they just didn't like okay. play him that much because they wanted to lose games, and then he got hurt a little bit, and then he got you know milked the injury. I'm sure. Um, he's really, really, really good. Uh, the hard to stomach, just want to do this. And one quick mailbag question, hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week. We love our YouTube viewers. This comes from Jonah Shepard. 
this was on our our final pod of the the season. Hands down, the most depressing pod I've listened to. That's right. So there you go. I also want to say, I d- mm-hmm. at this point, Sixers fans and us, you and me, you you before you before me were down on it, but with the horrible playoffs and and not years of improvement, people would still think of Matisse as a big asset. A hundred percent. Not everybody, a hundred percent, not everybody, but like there are teams that think he is some sort of missing piece, defensive savant. And in some ways he is, but in many ways he is not as good as his defensive reputation indicates, um, hasn't improved in, in getting stronger and, and, you know, being solid one-on-one defensively. Um, and obviously hasn't improved as an offensive player at all. If, or nearly enough. Missing piece. The only thing he's missing is a shot of fucking vaccine. Yeah, a couple of shots would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Second, second shot, get a booster, and a, be playable. The I think Denver, not not that it, there's anybody on Denver that they would want to trade that we would be interested in for like a, a star type person, but if yeah. in like a Will Barton type <sighs> trade situation, Matisse and... I don't know, Matisse and Korkmaz or something for Will Barton would be. Oh my God, why would, the De- why would Denver do that? I think they've been, it's it's the kind of thing that we always talk about. Like yeah. when you watch a guy, you get very tired of them very quickly and yeah. their their faults become highlighted. And other guys are like, look at that. He's He seems like he can both dribble and jump a little bit and defend some. Um, but I think there's a lot of Denver fans that are tired of Will Barton. Mailbag writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Remember, our off season is coming, so uh, so we need, need your help. This comes from Patrick. Hi, Spike Mike and CJ. This past weekend, Archbishop Woods, Gary Martin ran the fastest mile ever in high school only competition. Three, uh, three minutes, 57.98 seconds. He did it while running basically by himself at the Philly Catholic League Championships. His Twitter bio says Sam Hinkie Disciple, and he has tweets about B-Ball Paul. Many of the kids who run that fast are traveling around the country trying to get themselves in professional races. Gary's out there doing it at PCLs. Apparently, Archbishop Wood doesn't even have a track. Anyway, excited to see what he does in the future, and I hope he's a Ricky listener. Why does he have a track? I don't know. I mean, they should have a track. Maybe he's a private Catholic school? Uh, yeah, maybe they just run on the street. <laughs> they should get somebody should build a track. What are they building if they're not building a track? It's not, it's not the hardest thing to build. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Um, anyway, one yeah. of us. Yeah. Would have been the best player in the Sixers this year. We'll hold that the... Gary. We'll, well, oh, okay. We'll just get to this and then we'll go. This is from Lance. Just a theory of mine. Any thoughts? I don't think it was just a coincidence that there was a leak saying Joel Embiid preferred Bradley Beal over James Harden prior to the Harden trade. I think that was put out there with a purpose by Embiid and his representation. Embiid doesn't have representation, but uh, really no one else has much to gain by leaking that piece of info. I say that there's a potential rift going on behind the scenes, but I don't think it's provable, but I could see it formulating based on the part, based in part on the decisions that he uh, he and Bill put it out there because he wanted Bill more than Harden, whereas the front office and Sixers ownership wanted Harden. Maybe this is similar to a beat a few years ago, wanting Butler back and free agent front office ownership didn't listen then, hence why he released that. Um, just a real quick that um, uh, your own had a tweet thread about Butler saying that his information and your own has good sources was that while Embiid 
would have loved to have Butler back. He did not push for it in that offseason, which I thought it was an interesting thing. Would do you make anything of the leak about Embiid preferring Beal? Um No. <laughs> I don't make much of it. Um maybe he likes the idea of Beal as a catch and shoot guy much more than Harden because he is. Um, but Beal's obviously way worse of a distributor and creator. Um, maybe Beal's an easier hang. I don't know. Um, but I, I could see Beal's people. It's always been bizarre to me. We talked about this last year when when it was like Dame or Beal type of conversations for Ben. Um, but like, what do those guys want? Both Dame and Beal have been on their respective teams for their whole career. Um, and we're never, never, we're, we're not drafted to be the guy, you know, in, in Washington, it was, it was Wall. John Wall for a while in Portland. It was, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge's team for a while. And then eventually they like ascended to take the throne. So they've been, you know, the main guy for now a number of years. And it seems like there's a cap on how far they can go as the main guy, even though they've been, they've had like success, individually um and i just wonder what those guys want like dude how how hard must it be to think you're one of the best players in the nba and go like well am i gonna am i good enough to convince people to come to portland or washington doesn't seem like it so am i going to like go somewhere else and then become the missing piece on someone else's team i just don't i just don't know what the like the calculus that goes into it it's, some, it's such a foreign thing for regular people to think about like do you want to come to my house or i come to your house well i have this okay but like i have this hot tub like it's it's those kinds of like weird ego conversations that i I don't know i'm not sure and for two guys that have played their whole careers on one team it's there's probably a lot baked into it so well beal that that surgery that beal had this year was voluntary like like if he was going to come here there was a decision made not to come here you know, like he went and got that surgery. So, yeah. well, maybe, I mean, he also just didn't, he wasn't playing well. So he no. might be like, I, right. yeah. if, if this is a surgery I could have now during a down year anyway, to preserve the rest of my prime, then maybe that's a smart decision, but we don't know if it's a forever thing. It's really hard to know when, when guys start to fall off a cliff. Um, cause Harden might've, and Beal might've also. How old did we say Beal is? 29? He's going to turn, he's about to turn 29. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was beat up a lot in his, in his, the early part of his career, a lot of injuries, but it's been mostly, you know. All right. Well, that's it. Here we are. It's the off season. The off season. We're watching two teams that we hate. Are you, you're probably rooting for Boston in this series over Miami. Uh, I don't, really care i think i'm enjoying watching it i think both teams are interesting and enjoying to watch there's something about boston as good as they are and they're really fucking good there's something about them that i don't trust and i can't figure out what it is like maybe it's so much of tatum's offense is like he's a great player but so much of it is 
step backy and feels like it could go cold for two or three that's games. Right. That's why I didn't like him in I don't like guys that like kind of only hit tough shots. And Tatum's obviously gotten better as a passer and better. He, and he's player. awesome. He is awesome. Has gotten way better, like getting to the rim and all that stuff. But like so much of his offense and like Devin Booker's offense and those kinds of things like come from like tough, tough shots. And it'd be I like I prefer guys that get easy shots because they're so good at it, of getting better looks at the rim. Um, the Horford thing is kind of tough, you know, smart, not playing is tough, but I don't really care who wins, to be honest with you. I think it's nice to watch these teams and not really have a dog in the the fight. Yeah. I will never root for the Celtics. Mm. So I won't be, I don't take pleasure rooting for the heat, but I really know never root for the Celtics, even though I do like a number of guys in their team. The Celtics are an interesting team. Like they have a ton of, they have high level depth, but like not much of it. And so now that they're down two guys, like Aaron Neesmith getting in there, that's, I don't trust that at all. It's like another team where you're like, man, I wish we could have cultivated like one or two more semi-reliable bench players. Um, it's important to do that during the regular season. Like I just don't, coaches get so stubborn about like, I'm going to play my seven or eight guys and like, even though Budenholzer gets shit for playing, like going to 10 or 11 deep during, during the season, like you like that during the season, that's when you should be doing it during the season and the playoffs, then you tighten it up and then, you know, swap guys out if they're ineffective. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm rooting for whoever wins the West to win the championship. We will talk to you next time. <laughs> Send us ideas. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. The off season. Nice. Yep. Five months ahead of us. Yeah, of off season. And hey, shout out to everybody who voted in Pennsylvania today. Way to go. Um, yes, everyone who got a sticker as well. Love a sticker. How are you going to do it without getting a sticker? Can't. Come on. Stickers are underrated. Stickers were the shit when I was a kid, by the way. Fucking you bought stickers. All right, you're going a little overboard on stickers. I, I <laughs> think they were, uh, I like a sticker. I think the voting, great. A little yeah. too much. Yeah, I, okay. went a little hard right. on sticker. Okay, all right, all right. All right. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, like this. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.